Today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, learn how to know your divine verdict. Question, do you know the divine verdict on your life? Do you know if the divine verdict is guilty or do you know that the divine verdict is not guilty? What's the verdict gonna come back? What's the court going to say, guilty or not guilty? Well, two verdicts in the court of life. Welcome to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. And thank you for joining us today for the first message in his new series, More Than Conquerors, a study of Romans chapter 8. As one scholar put it, if Scripture were a ring and the epistle to Romans its precious stone, chapter 8 would be the sparkling point of the jewel. And in today's eye-opening first lesson from this series... Pastor Jeff will share two verdicts that God will render in the court of life, meaning in your life. Now, we'll be in this series for the next couple of weeks, and it's a fascinating study that will touch your heart and challenge you to love God more and calm you as you consider the depth of His love for you. So be sure to be here each day as we take this journey this month through the eighth chapter of the book of Romans. For information about today's lesson and how you might get it, you can go online to fromhisheart.org. Open your Bible to Romans chapter 8 as we begin the first lesson entitled, And the Verdict Is... Here's Pastor Jeff. We all know that the, the big, big thing in a court of law, and when you're watching a show, the big, big moment is the verdict when they come back with a verdict, especially on a criminal case. Well, in Romans chapter 8, we have the court of God's heaven delivering a verdict. And it's a a wonderful thing in Romans 8. But actually, we see two things taking place in Romans 8 and two different verdicts that every single person will experience one or the other. Now, every Christian has experienced at one time the first verdict before the second verdict. So we're going to talk about the two verdicts that we see in Romans chapter 8. There is therefore, verse 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No verdict of guilty for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Question, do you know the divine verdict on your life? Do you know if the divine verdict is guilty or do you know that the divine verdict is not guilty? Boy, we wait with anticipation when we're watching one of those shows or when it's in real life, what's the verdict gonna come back? What's the court going to say, guilty or not guilty? Well, two verdicts in the court of life. 
And you have the law of sin and death speaking up, and you have the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that speaks up. So let's look at the first verdict, the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death declares that we are guilty sinners before God. Verse two says that we've been set free from the law of sin and of death if we're in Christ Jesus. But if we're not in Christ Jesus, the law of sin and death says you are guilty. And God gave the 10 commandments to show us how we're to live and also to show us how we don't measure up, how we don't stack up. And you're guilty of breaking the 10 commandments and I'm guilty of breaking the 10 commandments. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter five, verse 12, therefore, just as through one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sin. Every single person has broken God's law. We're born into this world in Adam and we've broken God's law. Now the Bible says in Adam, all die. 1 Corinthians 15, 22. In Adam, all die. In Christ, all shall be made alive. So in Adam, all die. In Adam, all are sinners. In Adam's fall, we sinned all. And as sinners, you know, we have that phrase that we repeat, crime doesn't pay. Uh, you could say, well, let's broaden it. Sin doesn't pay. And that's true. And it's not true because Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Sin does pay and it pays in death. Death to purity, death to the things that God wants to do in your life, death in terms of eternal separation from God. The wages of sin is death. Now we're all born into this world in Adam. And in Adam all died. David said this in Psalm 51, verse five, behold, and anytime you run into the word behold in scripture, it denotes surprise. It denotes, wow, uh, take and get a load of this. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin, my mother conceived me. David's just saying I was brought forth in Adam. Adam was made perfect. Eve was made perfect. They sinned. They disobeyed God. And then their children, they passed along to their children what they themselves had experienced, which is death inside, death in their spirit, in that part of them that communed with God and that knew God, and they died. Their eyes were open and they knew that they were naked. God said, in the day you eat of it, you will surely die, and they did. But they didn't die in their bodies, they didn't die in their soul, they died in their spirit. And that's what they passed along to all their descendants. You and I are descendants of Adam. Everybody comes from Adam and Eve, and everyone is born in Adam and we're born dead inside toward God, dead in our spirits. And because we are in Adam and because we're sinners and because the soul that sins, Ezekiel 18, four, shall die and the wages of sin is death, we are in serious trouble. We are all born into this world facing righteous judgment. The law of sin and death is going to wrap its gavel on so many guilty before God. It says in Galatians 3.10, cursed 
is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Well, you and I don't abide by all things written in the book of the law. We, we, we've sinned. We've broken God's commands. And James 2.10 says this, for whoever keeps the whole law, if that is possible, if you can keep the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. You know, when we talk about the Ten Commandments, it's not so much that they're individual commandments, it's, it's think of them like a chain of ten links. And the law of God is a chain of ten links and it fits together. And so if you keep nine of the commandments, but you stumble in one point, maybe bearing false witness against your neighbor or maybe coveting your neighbor's house, your neighbor's spouse, or whatever belongs to your neighbor, well, then you're guilty of all. Think of it like this. If, if you are hanging off of the Empire State Building, hundreds and hundreds of feet in the air, and you are hanging and dangling from a chain of 10 links, nine of them are made of forged steel, and one of them is made of crepe paper. You're in trouble. It doesn't matter how strong the other ones are. The fact that you stumble in one point, boom, you are guilty of all, and you're going to face severe judgment. Now, what do people do? Because of, of the law of sin and death, this is where people get so twisted and so deceived. They think that, well, I just need to keep the law and I'm just going to press into the law and I'm just going to try harder and I'm going to grit my teeth. The law of God cannot save you. It can only condemn you. It's the law of sin and death. For the law of the spirit and life in Christ Jesus has set you free from what? From the law of sin and death. But if you are in Adam, you are under the law of sin and death, and that can't save you. It doesn't have the ability to save you. It says in verse 3, for what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. So the law, just all it does is condemn you. The law is, as you've heard me say before, the law is like a thermometer, a thermometer doesn't help you get better if you're sick. It just shows you how sick you are. I mean, you'd have to be uh, really ignorant if you were sitting here saying, well, man, I got a terrible raging fever. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep that thermometer under my tongue longer. Maybe, maybe that's gonna make me better. That's not what the purpose of the thermometer. It doesn't help you. It just shows you how sick you are. You know, when you turn the light on in a dirty room, the light doesn't clean the dirt. It just shows you how dirty it is. It shows you, hey, pal, you need to get a broom. You need to get a mop. You need to clean this up because the light isn't going to do it. The, the law of God is just a light. It's just a thermometer. It's just a, a measuring stick, a yardstick to show you this is the standard and all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the standard. We've all missed the mark. And so you say, well, what's the purpose of God's law? It says in Galatians that the purpose of the law, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ that we may be justified by faith. The law of God was given to lead us to Christ. The law of God was given to convict us, to show us, man, I'm a sinner. I am 
uh, I'm on a highway to hell. The wages of sin is death. The soul that sins shall die. Here is God's law. I can't keep God's law. Wretched man that I am who will set me free from the body of this death. What am I going to do? Lord, I'm in trouble. And God said, that's exactly why I gave the law. To show you that in Adam all die, but in Christ all shall be made alive. So the law of sin and death, in the courtroom of God, it condemns every single mother's child. Everybody is condemned under the law of sin and death. And that's why God sent his son. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at verse 3. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh. That doesn't mean the law was weak. That means in and through us, it's weak because no one can keep the law. What the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So verdict number one is guilty. The law of sin and death declares that we are all guilty sinners. But verdict number two, the law of the spirit of life declares that we are not guilty. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus says not guilty. Now, Christ, this is so cool. Christ condemned sin when he died on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ. The law condemns sinners. The law puts everybody, shuts everybody up under sin. The law says, here's the thermometer, and hey, guess what, pal? You got a fever of 103, and it continues to rise. And the more you hold on to the thermometer thinking it's going to make you well, it doesn't. It just keeps showing that you got more and more fever. It just keeps shining the light on your filthy life. You're, you're never going to make it that way. The law condemns sinners, but God sent his son to condemn sin. And Jesus came to die on the cross for your sins and mine and to condemn sin. And that is wonderful. Sin is the source of our problem. Sins, plural, are the symptoms, but sin, the, the root cause, that's what's causing all the sin. That's like uh, somebody that goes to the doctor and has all these symptoms, but the doctor doesn't realize, hey, there's something in the house. You know, when we had that mold or some kind of uh, sickness you have in your house, if you don't deal with the symptom, you're just going to still stay sick. The law can't deal with the symptoms, the law, all it can do is say, hey, you're a sinner, you're condemned. But the Savior can come. God sent his son who looks like us. He's made in the likeness of sinful flesh. He's not a sinner because the difference between Jesus and us is not that he wasn't human. He was as much man as though he were not God at all. The difference is he wasn't dead in his spirit. You're, you are spirit, soul, and body. You're dead. You're born dead in your spirit. He wasn't born dead in his spirit because he wasn't born of a human father. He was born of a divine, of the divine father. He was born of his father. He is the son of God, the God man. 
And he, when he died on the cross, condemned sin. He dealt with the source of our problem. And Jesus paid the sin debt for all time when he died upon the cross. You remember, as he said, as he was dying, the second to the last thing that he said, it is finished. It is finished. That's the Greek word tetelestai, which means paid in full. That's a marketplace word, paid in full. What did you pay in full, Jesus? I paid the sin debt in full. All the sins of all the world from Adam until the last person is ever going to be created he paid for all that. That's why we sing, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. And so he paid for my sin. He paid for your sin. We still, we, we fell short. The law of sin and death said, Jeff Shreve is guilty. But here comes Jesus and said, oh, yeah, he's guilty, but I'm gonna pay for his sin. And that is good news. Some of you remember the uh, illustration with evangelism explosion. It's called the record book of sin illustration. Isaiah 53, verse six. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way. And that's what sin is. It's going astray. It's turning to your own way. It's doing your own thing. It's wanting to be your own boss. It's, it's not necessarily shaking your fist in the face of God and say, God, I don't believe in you. It's just saying uh, with the Doobie Brothers, well, Jesus is just all right with me, but I think I'm going to do my own thing. That is sin. So let's let this Bible of mine be my book of sin. You know, the Bible says that God keeps records. Revelation chapter 20, he keeps records of all our sins. And so this is a pretty big one. This is my record book of sin, volume one. And uh, here I am. And, and see, God wants to have a relationship with me, but Isaiah 59, behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that he cannot save, neither is his ear so dull that he cannot hear, but your sins have made a separation between you and your God, and your iniquities have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear, he will not hear. And we, we can't have a relationship with God when there is all this sin, because that, that separates and here comes Jesus. God sent his son into the world, made in the likeness of man. So he's as much man as though he were not God at all, yet he's much as much God as though he were not man at all. He's the God man, and he's perfect, and he doesn't have any sin, and he has a perfect relationship with his father. And the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. All my sin went on Jesus when he died upon the cross. When he said, it is finished, it all went upon him. And it's off of me now because it's on him. When I put my faith and trust in him, then it became effective for me. And not only does he take all my sin, but he gives to me his righteousness. And the Bible says in Isaiah 61, verse 10, he has clothed me in a robe of righteousness, took all my sin, gave me his righteousness. And when he died on the cross, he condemned sin. He paid sin debt, the sin debt for all time. And he paid for every single person so that every single person could be saved. Now, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, here's what happens. Not only 
are you not guilty? But you are free from all condemnation. That's how the chapter starts out. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None, not a speck, not a drop, not a charge. You know, as I was listening to this verdict today, I was just kind of typing into YouTube uh, famous verdicts, and uh, one came up, and this jury foreman was reading to the judge, as to this charge, not guilty. As to that charge, not guilty. And this person had like 12 charges against him. And uh, I saw the one that they did for O.J. Simpson when he did go to prison. Uh, they were reading off. He had like 12 charges against him when he was sentenced in Las Vegas. And charge number one, guilty. Charge number two, guilty. Charge number three, guilty. And it's all these charges. And so there is therefore now no condemnation. There's not one charge that sticks for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's not one little drop of condemnation. There's not one divine drop of divine judgment on a child of God. Well, how can that be? Because God put all your sin upon Jesus and he put all the wrath upon Jesus and you and I can go free. Because there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, big, big question. Are you in Christ Jesus? See, that's what it says in verse 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus is a phrase that's used 51 times in the New American Standard New Testament. 51 times. When you add in in Christ, you got another 30 or 40 times. And then you add, add in the statement in him. Ephesians uses, uses in him. Well, that's another uh, about 40 times in him. So being in Christ, being in Christ Jesus, being in him, really critically important. This has truly been an important warning and admonition to take very seriously where you are with Jesus Christ. Today on From His Heart, you've been listening to part one of the message called, And the Verdict Is? And it's from Pastor Jeff Shreve's new six-message series, More Than Conquerors a study of Romans 8. Now, this month, we're airing messages from this study, and it's a chapter that's been described as the greatest book in the New Testament and considered to be the greatest chapter of the greatest book of the Bible, Romans chapter 8. As one scholar put it, if Scripture were a ring and the epistle to the Romans its precious stone, then chapter 8 would be the sparkling point of the jewel. And in this study, you'll be able to glean the deeper truths from God, found in this spectacular section of God's Word. He'll reveal life-changing truths that you've likely never realized or deeply considered. The series is our special thank-you gift for your support to From His Heart this month of any amount. It's available on a USB flash drive, digital download, CDs, or DVDs you choose. Simply call 86640-BIBLE to get your copy. 86640-BIBLE or go online to make your secure gift at fromhisheart.org. And thank you so much for supporting this outreach that is touching millions of lives each day around the world. Well, thank you for joining us today on From His Heart. 
where you heard part one of the lesson called, And the Verdict Is, from Pastor Jeff's new series, More Than Conquerors, a study of Romans 8. I'm Larry Nobles, inviting you to join us next time for part two. Discover God's verdict for you on the next broadcast as Pastor Jeff Shreve will open up God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from His heart. From His Heart is in our 20th year broadcasting the messages of Dr. Jeff Shreve, who is speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.